Hey everyone, it's Andy and Phil. We're your co-hosts for the Burning Creative Podcast. For those of you who don't know us, we're the partners over at Muddy Shutter Media and we're excited to have you listening to our show. This is a podcast about creativity, inspiration, and passion in the creative community. This show is sponsored and supported by MSM and therefore, no ads, all talk. We hope you enjoy the content and don't forget to subscribe, like, and follow our Instagram page at Burning Creative Podcast. Jumping right in, let's introduce today's guest. All right. So, Brandon, how's it going, man? Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, no, it's fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were just talking just before this and we were about to get pretty deep, but we had to, yeah, uh, yeah we forgot to hit, yeah, hit the record <laughs> button. So Brandon, I, you know, I think in the hunting and fishing world, you, especially people that follow you on, on Instagram and follow your work, everybody is like an instant fan, you know, especially myself. No. Um, so just kind of give everybody, you know, kind of like a little summary about yourself, your work and, you know, what, who you are and, you know. <laughs> My name is Brandon Fien. I'm a, I'm a photographer from, from California, which is a very unusual place to, for outdoor photography being so populated. I take mostly photos of waterfowl and waterfowl hunters in the later season, try to try to get around uh, turkey hunting. And, and in the summer, I get around uh, just practicing with a camera, t- taking pictures of people. But yeah, taking pictures of, of waterfowl and the waterfowl hunters is where I'm at. Cool, man. So, you know, with, with that being said, are there a lot of photographers out there that, that, no. you know, and okay. <laughs> no, I, I, I kind I, of an anomaly. <laughs> I've only ever shot with three other photographers, one being Jake Latondres, who's a freelancer out in, uh, he's from, where is he? He's from Tennessee. And the other two photographers I've taken pictures with are James Leash. He's from California. And then another guy named Justin Geike, who's uh, from Davis, which is just down the road from uh, mm-hmm. where I live. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, you know, obviously you, you got into this pretty early on, right? This is what, like your second or third year? Second pictures? going on my third year, correct. Okay, second going on your third. That's awesome. So, you know, what are your sources of inspiration and in terms of like, I know Jake is a big mentor to you and that's, mm-hmm. that's so, that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you know, what kind of inspired you to to pick up a camera? I guess when I had initially started photography, I had been taking, or I had been looking up pictures on the internet and then drawing them with a pencil just because I'd been so absorbed by the waterfowl industry and my dad bringing it upon me. So I guess what it, my, my biggest source of creativity was, art so the graphic drawing of of waterfowl ducks and geese included that really i wanted to be the one who took those photos that i looked up on the internet and i wanted to draw those photos so when i when i had initially picked up the camera i wasn't even looking i wasn't even looking for like professional quality photos i had just gone out to uh, capture what i had loved and that was kind of my source of creativity i wasn't i wasn't really looking for um like i said i wasn't looking for a career or a job it just was a hobby that kind of grew over time yeah that's awesome and i, I know you um you're kind of known for for starting with that kit lens right like I, mm-hmm. when i listened to your, your podcast costco the, the costco kit lens and, mm-hmm. and you know i was kind of like nodding my head because that's literally what i started with too as yeah, a canon yeah. t5i like creator kit you know with the little flippy screen and exactly. it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah but you know it's i actually sold it and then i shot with it again like a couple months ago and i was like 
oh my gosh, like, I can't believe this is what I started with. You know, it's like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, once you get comfortable with, with any uh-huh. camera, it, it just feels like a camera, uh-huh. you know? And like, sure, there's like some little nuances where some buttons aren't, you're not used yeah, to where they're supposed to be. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like a camera is a, a camera, uh-huh. I guess. Once you go back to your roots, it all comes back. Yep. Yeah, and you kind of like smile and laugh at yourself, you know, you're like, oh man, like you realize that the creativity that you got along the way is what truly creates the picture, you know, and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I spent this much on on this camera Mm -hmm. and I can probably make the same image even better with this like old (laughs) camera now, you know, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of inspiration, like you're talking about like drawing and and Uh drawing these pictures, so do you take a lot of art classes at school? Like, you know, what I don't. I've never taken an art class. And like I said, it was it was kind of all just my dad bringing it upon me in the outdoors and mm-hmm. and just trying to capture what I what I love, just sunrises, waterfowl, being in the moment was was my inspiration and my creativity comes from that. And I kind of just just kind of go with it. And I I don't really I don't really like try to pursue what I believe to be my dream career. I, I just kind of bring it upon myself to, uh, mm-hmm. to just be in the moment and then capture that later on. Yeah, for sure. So it, it sounds like your dad is a pretty, a good role model in terms of pushing you outdoors and, and you have brothers, sure. right? Is that, I do have two younger brothers. Yeah. Okay. Cause I've seen their pictures and I think I've seen your dad on the pictures as well. And it mm-hmm. seems like you guys are pretty close and you guys get outside together mm-hmm. and you get, you know, they're obviously like your subjects for photography, which, oh, which is probably awesome that you always have like a model or someone. Yeah. We're a pretty tight knit family, but yeah, like I said, the creativity is just, just being out in the moment, just seeing it being in there. But yeah, we're a pretty tight knit bunch, and we all kind of just feed off each other. Me and my brothers are really competitive, so yeah, we're, we're always, you know, kind of push each other to be better. And this is where it's kind of brought me. That's awesome. Do you have any friends at school that do the same thing, or like, do you guys have like a friend group that hunts together at school and and takes pictures too? Or for sure, our friend group, our friend group is we all have kind of different hobbies, but. All in all, we all love the outdoors, so we kind of teach each other this, we teach each other that. So I learn from them, they learn from me. I have a couple of friends that, that duck hunt and turkey hunt, and then a mm. couple of friends that are mechanics and, and love to work on old trucks and vehicles. I have good friends that are into motocross, mountain biking, fishing. Yeah. So yeah, we just get the whole the full circle. That's super cool, man. So, you know... As a high schooler, you know, when you turn 18 or, or when you're a senior, people are always like, well, what do you want to do? You know, like, oh, it's like, where are you applying to college? Time. Like, what, yeah, yeah, what do you want to do for the rest yeah, of your yeah, life? Yeah, or like, yeah. and for me, now that I look back on it, I'm like, man, this is nowhere close to what I thought I wanted to be when uh-huh. I was in school. You know, like, uh-huh. do you think sometimes that you're like, oh, well, like, this is really fun, but is this what I really want to do? Or like, are you like, yep, I want to be a professional photographer you know because a lot of people that are professional photographers now that i've talked to at least they probably didn't get into it until their 20s or 30s but you have this amazing talent and amazing kind of like crossroads where you can automatically say yep like boom i'm going to be an outdoor photographer i'm just going to be a professional photographer wow, I appreciate and, that. and uh yeah i've thought about it quite a bit and i've just you know, like two two or three years ago, I, I never really thought I was going to even pick up a can't be here in general, just be in this. I never thought that I was going to start taking pictures. But now that I'm here, I've definitely thought 
And uh, I've pretty much got my heart set that I want to be a, my career, I want my career to be a, a photographer and a videographer, a filmmaker. But as far as where I want to go for college or how I want to do it, I'm not sure. I just, to me, it's still early. My, oh yeah. There's other people that are saying, oh no, you need to, you need to figure it out now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of what I want to do and, and uh, what I'm trying to do, trying to learn from all my mentors or my mentor and how I should pursue it. I, I know what I want to do. I don't know how I'm going to get there. And I guess that's the, I guess that's the fun part of it. <laughs> it's trying to figure it out. Yep. That's, yeah. Yeah, well, wanting to do it is half the battle, right? <laughs> and then you can figure it out on your way. So, so that's that's interesting. So, do you think that at some point, you know, when you do pursue that path, you get out of school, you pursue that path, do you think that you're going to go into other niches? Do you are, do you want to stick with hunting? Do you want to stick with you know the outdoor industry? Like, have you have you given any of that thought? I feel like the outdoor industry and hunting in general is going to be my roots, my niche. Uh, that's going to be what I love to do. That's always going to be my first love. But once I first start getting further into this career, hopefully I'll start getting into, you know, what I'll just start branching out, mountain biking, mountain climbing, I mean rock climbing, a bunch of other stuff. I've been thinking about it. Weddings, senior portraits, family portraits. There's a, there's a, whole, there's a whole world out there that uh, I hope I can get into. Hopefully, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's it's kind of what I've been thinking about. I kind of like to. I, I have a lot of hobbies. Like I said, me and my friends have a lot of hobbies. So if I can somehow implement all those hobbies into uh, my photography and my content in general, that would be pretty oh, yeah. cool. And that'd be a pretty cool career to have. And that's kind of why it's my my dream and what I want to do after uh, high school. Absolutely, and you have the time to develop that portfolio too. You know, it's uh, you kind of gifted with that very valuable time that a lot of people don't have but it's really cool that you have this outlook where you want to just branch out and just kind of take it as it goes because i I think at least in the industry now in the hunting and fishing industry a lot of people are very like bent on being like oh i'm going to be like a hunting photographer like that's all i'm going to be doing and then they they struggle because they um one they have trouble finding work or two they it's such a saturated market with people that are solely trying to do hunting and it's like well guys there's only like 10 brands that can probably Mm -hmm. you know give you this many x amount of shoots you know during the year so that you can actually make a full-time living off of one like one Uh industry uh you know i mean don't get me wrong there's a lot of people that can do it well jake is one of them you know but there's there's a lot of other guys out there that like they have to kind of piece together different market niches. And there's nothing wrong with that. And a lot of guys love it. You know, they, they like shooting different things. It, it keeps them on their toes. So, you know, one, I think MSM is super excited to see how you progress through your career and, and kind of watching you. And we're, we're curious too. We're like, oh man, I wonder where yeah. he's going to go next and what yeah, he's going to yeah. do. And, you know, so with that being said, you know, how, how's it been working with Jake, you know, with the mentor? Obviously, that's super important. And I imagine has a huge impact on on your creativity and, and your process and, and things like that. I mean, absolutely. Did you find a difference between before you started working with Jake and, and after? Absolutely. You know, when he had messaged me, when he initially talked to me, when we met, my photography was almost solely wildlife. That's yeah. what I had my heart set on. That's kind of I was hard headed at that moment. But once he once he kind of introduced me to what he does and the way he does it 
I'd say my first year after that, my first year of photography was 90% wildlife. And then once I'd met him the year after that, my photography was 10% wildlife and 90% people. <laughs> and he told me to connect that human aspect with my content. And that opened my eye to all the all new industries because if you think about it, there's only one real in, to, to me. There's only one big industry with wildlife, and that's National Geographic, and that is way far beyond my reach right now. But um, just any old like me connecting people. There's senior portraits. There's weddings. There's the hunting industry. There's almost any industry is 100% people. And uh, it has people implemented in it everywhere. So yep. he taught me that connection with my photography and that opened my eye to a whole new lens of creativity. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's funny because Jake, I've only spoken with Jake personally once and it, it pretty much changed my career too. It's funny because I, you know, I, I want to tell this to him in person, but I remember when I first started, I was just doing photography and, you know, we had talked back and forth and we had gone on a call and, you know, he, he kind of asked me, he's like, Hey, you know, I'd, I'd like to, I think he, he, he was wanted to work on a project together. And, and he said, Hey, you know, you just need to do video. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, uh, I, I don't do video. And he, he was like, Hey, well, he's like, you know, in order to, to survive and, and kind of, you know, be able to do your photography, you, you need to be kind of like a jack of all trades. And, um, this conversation I had with him was like, two years ago, I think, okay. like when I first started Muddy Shutter and had no intention of, of doing video, had no intention of building a team. It was just me. And yeah, after I, I hung up that call with him, I was like, I got to learn how to do video. And it was like, I must have watched like thousands of hours of like YouTube yeah. and like, you know, went literally went to the library and got like every single book I could find on like cinematography and filmmaking and directing and like, just like, you know, so it was so funny that one call from Jake just completely changed the whole, you know, the whole, my whole business. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's funny you say that. That's, he talks to me about video all the time and he almost said those exact words. He goes, you cannot survive in this industry without video. The whole market has shifted to video. And he told me a story about when he was in college and when he was studying, I think he was studying business or multimedia at the time. He told me, I, I can't recall perfectly, but he mentioned that he saw the, the market shifting to almost strictly video. And almost at that exact moment, he went to the store and bought a Sony camera, video camera, and that's where he started. And that, like you, that was, like you said, that was an eye-opener for me. And, yep, uh, absolutely. And, and even though while I'm still strictly photography now, I mean, I still have bought all the all the video stuff I need. It's just kind of putting it together is is yep. falling short. But that was really cool that you said that. And Jake is one great dude for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. So what um, you know what 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 do you have planned for 2019? Anything exciting? I'm just kind of playing it by ear. I'm just kind of looking <laughs> forward to turkey season right now. That's what makes me. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, Anytime I go into a new year, a new season, I don't really have a plan set. My guaranteed plan is that I'm going to be going to school for the next year and a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, that, that's important. <laughs> yeah, don't forget about those plans. That's important. Yeah, which is kind of hard to plan around. Uh, takes up a lot of time. But yeah, but yeah that's just uh, where I'm at. What about you guys? You guys got any big books or yeah, we're we're busy. You know, we're we're really busy, and we're just swamped. And it's it, it's kind of funny because a year ago 
it was just me. And now, you know, it's like, I look at our schedule, I look at what we're doing. I'm just like, man, this is crazy. You know, this is crazy how far we've, we've, we've come, how, how big our team is, you know, the sheer like scale of projects that, that we were doing. And it's just like, mind-blowing to me how quickly one how quickly the industry changes and two just how quickly word can travel about your work or you know and it goes both ways right if you do bad work no yeah that travels really fast and if you do good work you know you want it to travel super fast Uh but it doesn't (laughs) Um, but it's a grind you know it's it's definitely a grind and most days i look at muddy shutter i'm like man this is so tough. You know, this industry, just the industry of media in general and marketing is so tough, you know? And, and when I first started, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to be this freelancer and I'm going to, you know, we were just talking about this earlier. I was like, oh, I want to be the next like Jimmy Chin or something. Yeah. And now it's like, man, we are fighting for every single marketing dollar that, you know, is in our pipeline. And we're just like, it takes literally for Phil and I to get a contract. I think, on average, it's taken us like four to five months to nail, you know? So like from the time you talk to the prospective client till the time that they sign a contract is like half a year. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it's, you know, it's, it's, so you're constantly having to like, you know, keep it growing, keep it grinding and, and not really like wait and be complacent. It's just like, kind of like photography. It's, it's exactly like how someone pursues photography right it's like people are always like oh well like you know what setting did you use or like mm-hmm. you know what like what gear are you using it's like it's not it doesn't come that easy you know it, yeah exactly it's not just like you hit a button and suddenly it's like oh it's all magic like you really have to work at it and mm-hmm. and really you know put in your dues in order to get these projects and i guess you know it's kind of funny because you're kind of like on the cusp of getting into the industry as a professional and for me, it's like, man, you know, I look at it, it's like people always think that the profession is so glamorous. And I don't know if Jake's talked to you about this, but it's like, it's such, it, it's, it could be cutthroat and, and people kind of think that you're out there hunting and fishing all the time. You know, it's like, oh, you're like a hunting photographer. Like you must be, you know, you must be having so much fun. It's like, um, it could be fun at times, but most of the times you're behind a computer or, you know, you're like lugging gear or something like that. When you're at a, this is just a kind of generic question. When you're at a trade show, what is kind of your thought or what is kind of your your way of going about things when you're trying to get clients to, to use to, like, to use you for a project, I guess? Or um, what are you trying to, what are you trying to bring to the table to them at a trade show? Because in the future, I'd like to start doing trade shows. But as far as right now, I'm just kind of going. And, and I feel like this is a big part um, as getting getting clients and showing your the consumers about what you're about. Yeah, you know, and um, that's actually a really good question, Brandon. And it, it's funny because the way Phil and I go about it for trade shows, and this this was actually our first year going to trade shows. And for a while, I kind of stayed under the radar for the most part. Like I, I didn't want to get out there until we were ready and until we had a portfolio, you know, because when you go up to people, the first thing that they do is probably like Google you or they Google your work or they look at your work, right? Even though they might not do it in front of you, uh-huh. they're definitely going to pull up an Instagram or pull up your website literally right after you talk to them or whatever it is. Um, so I told Phil, I was like, Hey man, like 
we need to be ready for the show. And we came into it not really having meetings set. Like we had a couple of meetings that we wanted to really get in and, and talk to people that we, that we already really knew and had a, you know, some sort of relationship with. But for the most part with the trade shows, you know, the, the whole purpose of them is, is for these brands to write orders. And a lot of times they're talking with retail buyers or suppliers or manufacturers and stuff like that. So they're at the trade shows to make money, right? Mm-hmm. Not really yeah, yeah, like yeah. spend it. And, uh-huh. and our thought was like, well, you know, let's, let's roll in and just talk to people and not really pressure people to use us or, or not really pressure people to work with us because then it kind of starts your relationship on a, like on a, a mo- very like monetary level, right? It's yeah. like, okay. Then you're, you're like, people just think about you and, and them meeting you as like, oh, well, they're coming to us for work. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you, you never yeah, really yeah. want that to be your your first impression with them is like, oh, this guy's just trying to sell me something. You know? Uh-huh. Oh um, yeah, no, that's a that's a good point. So we you know, we we didn't really go into any brands and, and talk to them about like, hey, can we do work with you? Or like, hey, this is us. It was just like, Hey, how's it going? Like, I'm Andy, that's Phil. And, you know, just wanted to say hi and let you know that we really respect your brand. And, you know, you guys are doing a good thing here. And that was pretty much it, you know? And okay. we gave them our cards and we're like, hey, you know, we hope to to chat with you soon. We'll follow up with you after the trade shows. And uh, that's that's pretty much it. And, you know, if if someone comes to us or, or, or a client comes to us from it, that's awesome. But we never really want to be pushy. Okay. And we want the work to speak for itself. And you're a prime example of that, right? It's like, your work speaks for itself. You don't you don't need to sell it and and get out there and like wave your arms around and you're like, hey, you know, look at me, look at me. It's like <laughs> people already see your work and that's a huge step, you know, because your work is like the gateway to your business. And if that work doesn't reflect something good, then most likely you won't get business. I, I don't know if that no. that makes any kind of sense. No, yeah, no, that completely makes sense and yeah what you what you said about going into a, the trade show like with that kind of mentality that mindset is really un- unique in my opinion and the way that you you kind of re- represent yourself as a brand not kind of being pushy you're just kind of trying to set yourself off with a on a good on a good foot i guess uh mm-hmm. i i get I'm, I'm assuming it helps your business and it helps your i guess it, it kind of just helps your character and it's uh yeah. it's a really good thing i, I yeah. like that and it's 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 important because at the end of the day, you know, you realize that the work the work is important, yes, you know, and you're you're there to provide a service, but part of that service that people neglect or forget about is just being a good person and and delivering good customer service. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sure, you know you you may you may have the best work, but if you're just a terrible person to deal with, yeah. you know people just won't don't want to yeah. work with you, and they'll uh-huh. go to someone else that uh-huh. might be less talented, but they you know they enjoy don't curse working. at them or yeah, yeah they they enjoy working with yeah. them. So that was always like our biggest priority was like you know we want to find people that we enjoy working with, they're nice, and we can be nice to them, and we can you know be friends with. And it just makes everything so much easier. 
but man, I'd, I'd love to see you out there at the shows next year. Uh, cause I think that'd be really cool. Absolutely. To, you know, Absolutely. see you on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. But, so what, you know, what kind of, what brands are you currently working with and, and how does that kind of drive your, your work? I'm currently a sick ambassador. I work with Tango Free. I've worked with Tango mm-hmm. Free the longest amount of time. And then I've, I recently started working with Beretta this past year. Yeah. Shooting their firearms. I shoot for Sitka and just about any photo situation I, I can see fit. Then I just mm-hmm. send them the images. Same with Tango Free. Yeah. But yeah, their their brands kind of correlate with my work. I try to implement all of their, not all of their, I try to implement all my images as far as um, going along their photo lines when I, when I go to, uh, when I go to, uh, download them or or send them to them tango Frey i work really closely with they're out of cal they're out of concord california which is just a 45 mm-hmm. minute drive so i talk yeah. with um cory and doug really really good guys and uh going back to what you said about like just being a good person cory and doug are just real one of the most one of the two most down-to-earth people i've ever met mm-hmm. just really fun to work with really nice guys um easy to talk to really family first kind of people and uh it's just it's just a pleasure and what i've learned about social media is that the uh the people that you meet is the most powerful thing about social media even though it does have its downsides so um but so far i've had a really good experience with just uh, meeting people Mm -hmm. and uh it's been it's been a blast this this journey that's awesome so how how does how does working with the brands, you know, how, how has that changed the way that you photograph? Because like you said, you know, like mm-hmm. last year you were like almost like a hundred percent wildlife. Yeah. And then suddenly yeah. it's like, boom, like, you know, it's, yeah. it's reverse and you're working with these brands and mm-hmm. it's like, oh man, this is crazy. So, you know, how, how has that kind of, you know, flipped, flipped your creativity for lack of a better term? I guess it, I guess just following their guidelines, just trying to, Sometimes I'll be in a in a situation where I'd be like, "Oh, I'd love to be shooting this right now, but according mm-hmm. to what they want in their photos, I have to not have this or not have yeah. that." And I still do take the photos just for you know myself, and I'll have yep. that photo forever now, and it doesn't take any work. It's not like film, you know. You don't mm-hmm. have a roll of twenty five or whatever. I don't even. I don't even <laughs> I've never shot one before, but but no, it's, uh, <laughs> you should get one in your hands, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like. 36 shots. That's yeah. like- <laughs> I guess it's just kind of following their, their lines or what they want in the image kind of mm-hmm. as even though it's great working with a company and Tango Free lets me be creative and Sick of Gear lets me be creative. Yeah. But what they want in an image kind of pulls creativity and then it's kind of like I have to like stage this and stage that, which is creative. I, I guess people think it could be creative, but it's like sure. when they're looking for one image and it's going to be like all their photographers are going to be shooting that image. Mm-hmm. They send mass email. I guess they kind of you try to take the best image that you can just with with what they give you. And yep. it's not I'm not complaining. It's it's great. I love shooting for these companies, but it, yep. it kind of does draw back on my creativity and kind of just forces me to kind of do something that I wouldn't otherwise do. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you. Um, a lot of people are you know, the saying, oh, you got to think outside the box, you got to think yeah. outside the box. But it's like, that's the thing is if the box represents rules and guidelines, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's actually harder to be creative within that box. Yeah, exactly. Because if everybody's trying to think out of the box, then... Then that's the box. <laughs> that's right. That's like the box, right? But then it's like, if you had the same guidelines as everybody else and you found a way to stay creative and do something completely different, within those guidelines 
that in itself is almost like thinking outside the box. It's like box inception. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Box inception. Yeah. But no, um, so that, that was always kind of impressive to me when people found a way to take what an art director or or like a creative director or or a producer gave them like, Hey, you know, you need to shoot this, 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 this at this time. And then they just like blow away the expectations. And you're like, Holy crap. Yeah. You know, Uh but no, and I assume that, that was kind of a very different for you this past year was like someone gave you those mm-hmm. guidelines and you're reading it and you're probably like, Oh, okay. Like yeah, going through this, like how my how's this going to change? Mm-hmm. And, but you know, it's, it's, um, I think it, it keeps you sharp. I think yeah. it keeps you on your toes and, and forces you, like you said, forces you to do things mm-hmm. that you normally wouldn't shoot or yeah. that you normally wouldn't, you know, think about or, or, Mm-hmm. or stage or, or whatever it is. Yeah, no. Now that you say that, it was recently I'd I'd been given a Beretta a Beretta project to mm-hmm. they had a they had a gun line. I had to do this with their gun. I had to have this people of this this place and whatever. And they sent that in mass email and then as I'm looking through each photographer's images it was pretty much you know more or less the same thing. And then there was a few yep. photographers that were just like that completely blew me away with with even staying within those guidelines but having mm-hmm. a phenomenal image and i'd be like oh why didn't i think of that you know <laughs> uh, so i yeah like you said it, it taking um taking a director or a or a manager's style and then implementing your creative style into that is equally yeah. as impressive as just being 100 percent creative and authentic so right and i think when you when you can do that reliably and consistently that's also what secures you a lot of work uh too you know because like the people on the brand side they're kicking out these guidelines and they'll probably kick it to people that they know will creatively deliver something you know to those guidelines instead Mm -hmm. of someone that's like uh like i don't even know how to like i i can't even follow these guidelines or whatever and i think that really sets sets people apart is the ones that can look at a shot list they look at it and they're like, okay, yep, got it. And they just deliver this like creative masterpiece. And you're just like, man, that's so cool to see them process that shot list and just completely do something completely different. Yeah. So that's, that's super cool. And so what were, you know, what, what were your kind of expectations when these brands started reaching out to you? You know, were you, were you kind of like, I wouldn't say scared, scared is not the word, but when they first started sending you projects, were you like, oh man, like, were you surprised? Were you intimidated? You know, were you, how, um, how did you feel in terms of your creativity? Were you like, oh man, my creativity has gone or like, I wasn't, you know, how, uh, I wasn't really intimidated. I guess it was like, I guess it was, I was I could only compare myself to sports right here and I, I would compare myself to a, a new kid on the baseball team and I wanted to mm-hmm. work really really hard to get that shortstop position yeah, and um, yeah. that was that was my mentality I wanted to work really really hard I want to do my absolute best on this project so that yep. that these people know they're not making a mistake bringing a, a young kid on yep. and um, in my opinion I, I did deliver the best work I could uh, yep. to these companies and and it was a blast learning about how to do that. But at the same time, it was like, why? Well, I couldn't really do. I, I had, <laughs> I had like all these images and I had these really, really good images in my opinion, but then I had to use this kind of whatever image because that's yep. what fit in the guidelines. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, I, I was just working as hard as I could to get that shortstop position, so to speak. Yeah. 
So how's, um, what's your process like when you approach a project? When I approach a project, I kind of just, uh, what do I do? I don't really have like I guess this is, this is a this is a drawback on my part. This is a bad thing <laughs> that I'm like this. I no, just, no, you're good. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a hard question, right? Usually, because it's it's so natural to people uh-huh. when yeah. they do their work that when you're like, hey, so what's your process like? They're like, uh, oh man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, that's a tough question. Well, usually I have a, like a specific amount of time to get the project done. Yeah. And uh, whenever I have the project for like the first maybe like two weeks, I won't mm-hmm. even like think about it. I'll I'll just take a bunch of pictures, and then if I see one that fits the guidelines, great. I'll I'll send it in. And then mm-hmm. um, the closer I get, I I guess it's a bad thing of procrastination that I, I'm like this. But <laughs> the closer I get to the deadline, the more I kind of just focus on in on it. And then at the end of it, I still I'll have like. You know, a dozen great images and then a couple bad images or a couple decent images, but they're all still within those rules and guidelines and I'll I'll have it in that folder and then I'll just send in mm. that folder. But uh yeah, it's not it's not organized at all. It's not, you know <laughs> it's not my priority within the next in the few weeks that I have, but uh or my number one priority in the first few weeks, but then the closer I get to my deadline I kinda just like kick it into gear and then I finish it out. Yeah, which um, I probably even shouldn't say on this podcast. <laughs> You're good. I'm, but, I'm I'm sure that everybody everybody experiences the, uh-huh. the dreaded deadline crunch. You know, uh-huh. like the oh, like that deadline came up a lot faster than I expected, <laughs> and suddenly you're like downing Red Bull and like uh-huh. trying to edit pictures in the middle of the night. Yep. It's everybody's pretty much been there all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, it's um so. What's uh when you look at an image, right? Uh huh. Do you do you look at an image in the field and you, when you take it with post in mind, like how, in terms of your editing process? You know what what do you look for in, when you're editing, and what's kind of like your mindset when you you That's go into a, a picture? Sometimes I do take a picture and and, and then I think like I'll be. I'll be framing my subject be like, okay, I'll do this. Like just subconsciously in my mind, I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll do this and post. But other than mm-hmm. that, I just kind of capture the moment. And then, uh, once I, I'll let my images sit for a few, I do this. This is a new style that I've, I've started this year is, uh, I'll be out in the field for a day and I'll take, I'll take a thousand images and then I'll be like, and then I'll have like my heart set like, Oh yeah, these are my good images. These are the ones I'm going to really focus on. And that's what I thought for the past you know two years. But then, recently I, i've decided to let it sit for a few like almost like mm-hmm. a week just the images won't even download them i'll just let the images sit for a week so that i'll i i'll clear my mind i won't have my heart set on those images and then i'll download it and then i'll get a fresh start at all those images so that mm-hmm. to, so that i'm not just focusing on those two or three images that i really really like and then i'll just like you know rush all my other images to get to the two or three that i really want to get to <laughs> you know so yeah, I just I do shoot with post in mind in on some subjects, um, on some shoots I I'll just completely ignore post production in my mind when I'm shooting at all. Even though post production is a huge part of photography and my style of of work, I try to shoot as far as I can as naturally and authentically as I can in the field, and then just um, edit it for what it's worth. And in, in uh, when I get home, mm-hmm. that's awesome, man. So who are like your your most favorite sources of inspiration or or what are your most favorite sources of inspiration whether it be books music art other photography you know do you i assume that you 
watch movies? You know, mm-hmm. is there any kind of specific thing that you watch or look at? And you're like, oh man, like that's awesome. You know, like I I need to find a way to take that and put it into my work. Yeah, I kind of just I kind of just go about life kind of like looking at everyone else's style it's just like when I whenever I watch like a tv show or a movie mm-hmm. for example just any like any scene I'll be like oh that was really cool I, I like their framing or I like the how they did that or how they mm-hmm. how they frame that or whatever so it's not like I'm there's like a, a a bunch of specific people or things that I'm like pulling inspiration from I mean sometimes like Jake you guys like for example on Muddy Shutter Media and Jake Latondras all you all you big creatives I constantly pull inspiration from I pull inspiration from music creators I you know and just kind of going about it um, not with specific people in mind just kind of you know, I'll look at something and be like, "Oh, that's really cool," and just mm-hmm. that's just kind of how I go about it. And, that, and then I implement that in my work, just kind of with that in mind. I'll be shooting something and be like, "Oh, I could do that like that person," but then not exactly copy them, but you know, just kind of yep. implement my own my own style and my own creative thought, um, my way of editing, my way of going about things. So yeah, I guess the only way I could I could put it is that there's not one specific thing I'm pulling inspiration from, or not one consistent thing I'm pulling inspiration mm-hmm. from. I kind of I, I mean I'm just kind of playing it by ear the whole time, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So if there was like one thing that you can, um, or a couple things that you you want to tell your younger self, you know, starting out, what would you tell them? What would you tell, you know, Brandon that was a, a freshman <laughs> or a, a sophomore? Um, man, what would I tell myself? <laughs> uh, I guess stop getting so many girlfriends you take away from duck season. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, girlfriends uh, are expensive. You got to save yeah. your money for, for that lens, you know? Yep, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I can't date you. I got to get save a new up, uh, lens. <laughs> I guess the only thing I could say to my past self would be to stop trying so hard with the wildlife and start focusing more on the people. Cause I feel like the biggest, the biggest, the obstacle that I had faced in my, it was just getting over it. Like whenever I'm just, my personality is just really tunnel vision on some things. And yeah. uh, when I was 13 years old, it was like, okay, I'm just going to take pictures of ducks. And then it took a lot for me to be like, okay, I want to take pictures of geese now. And that's how like tunnel vision I was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the only thing I could say was kind of open your to my past self would be to open your your scale, so to speak. Just kind of, just kind of take everything and open yourself to a, a whole world that's out there. I mean, it's not just ducks and geese, and and uh, there's a whole lot more to life than just that. So. I mean, it was just two years ago, and I still have a lot of learning to do. But I feel like a big thing that I've learned is that I'm just to not be so tunnel vision on, on things and just kind of, you know, just learn from everyone and everything. Absolutely. I think you definitely have the right mindset. I mean, heck, you know, I'm still learning and you, you really can't, it's funny. And it's like, you really can't stop learning because the the minute that you stop learning, somebody else is learning something Mm -hmm. that you didn't know and then surpassing you. And then, you know, pretty much just leaving you in the dust. And, and then, then you're learning from them. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or, or you, they just, they're just so far ahead that you're like, dang, like the amount of, of catch up that I have to do, Yeah. you know, by the time I catch up to them, like they yeah, already learned something else. And yeah. not to say that you have to catch up with people and, and, you know, 
pay attention to what other people are doing and try to copy them, like you said, but more so just working hard and, and always honing your craft and yep. not being so tunnel vision, like, oh, this is like the one thing we're going to do, or this yep. is the one thing we're going to concentrate on. But, you know, I, I think that your your head's in the right place in terms of focusing more on the human aspect of it. And I think that once once people realize that photography is not so much about the industry that you're shooting for, but the people within that industry, yeah. you know, or the customers or the people mm-hmm. that use these products, you know, it's at the end of the day, sure, you're working for a brand that sells a product, but I think as photographers or content creators or videographers, our job should show the true authentic way that people interact and revolve around the product, not so much the product itself. And I think the marketing trends have totally changed too, have shifted. You know, like you watch Mm -hmm. a a Yeti video and you barely see the product in there. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if you're lucky, you'll spot the Yeti cooler like twice in a short film. Mm-hmm. You know, and and hey, they've got it right. You know that they're mm-hmm. focusing more on the people and the emotions and and things like that, and the product comes after. But yeah, man, it's I feel like it's constantly changing, and absolutely, and I'm so curious to see what the next platform is going to be. You know, mm-hmm. like what's going to be the next thing that we have to learn about and and jump on. You know, I mean, uh-huh. heck, even this podcast, like. Five years ago, people were like, what the heck is a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Is it like kind of like a radio show? Like, what is it? <laughs> or even Instagram, you know, like influencer marketing is mm-hmm. is so new. And I remember one guy's like, oh, I'm an expert in like influencer marketing. I'm like, dude, influencer marketing and this kind of marketing has only been around for like max a couple years. Like to say that you're an expert at it is you know, it's like you've absurd, only spent two. Absurd. Yeah, it's like you. That's like that's yeah. like someone saying like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm like a, a photographer. I'm an expert photographer, and and I've been taking pictures for." Uh, well, I guess maybe you can get super good at it, but there's so much more that you have you have to learn and everything like that. And I don't know. That's just kind of my spiel. You know, it's like no, no, I understand. These um, these things change so quickly. I mean, look at Facebook. Yeah, yeah, don't get comfortable. And I mean, heck, look at Facebook, right? Facebook was like a huge advertising thing. And now Instagram is siphoning all those marketing mm-hmm. dollars. And Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't even remember the last time I was on Facebook. Oh, I'm <laughs> never on Facebook. I'm yeah, never so on it's Facebook. Like, so I'm always wondering, like, heck, like, when is Instagram going to be the Facebook and we're going to, you know, jump on to something else? And then. Yeah, exactly. That, and when is something you, else going to surpass Instagram, you know? Yeah. Um, if there is, if you know, you can see how in the past five years the television market has just shifted completely to YouTube, and YouTube is now oh, dominant. Absolutely. And yep. uh, yeah, no, it's cool that you say that everything just changes so so quickly, and that you need to to survive in this industry, in any industry, that you have to adapt with uh, with your surroundings. Yeah, and then in terms of creativity, it's like you almost have to change your content and how you shoot. Mm-hmm. I mean shooting for a TV show is, is completely different than shooting for a little one, two, three minute film exactly. you know, that you're going to put up on Vimeo or YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, it's people just don't have the, the same attention spans as they do sitting there watching a TV show. Mm-hmm. And the formula of that is different. How you shoot, you know, it's, it's completely changed. And, and even photography is, is changing as well too. And, mm-hmm. but anyways, 
So I know it's a school night, and uh, you probably have some <laughs> stuff to do rather than talking to me. <laughs> no, no, no. This is fun, dude. This is great. Yeah, yeah. But no, uh, I, I definitely appreciate you getting on the show, and I'm 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 bummed that Phil had to take care of of some emergency work stuff for us. But you know, hopefully, you guys can can meet soon, and maybe we'll do like a a check in with you next year or so, or maybe yeah. during the season or. Heck, even seeing you at the trade show this year. Exactly, I'm looking forward to shaking your hand for in person. You know, uh, meeting you in <laughs> person, and meet you and Phil and the whole Muddy Shadow team. That'll be a blast. And it was a blast talking yeah. to you about the the creative side and you know what really doesn't get talked about in this industry, which I, I in my opinion. So um, yeah, thank Absolutely. you very thank you very much. It was it was great. Yeah, man. And hey, like always, keep on doing good work. And you know, if you see Jake, tell him I say hi. <laughs> awesome will do alright man take All care right. you too okay, bye. bye thanks again for joining on today's episode of the Burning Creative Podcast don't forget to show us some love by sharing subscribing and following along on our website theburningcreative.com until next time keep the fire burning